You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. Anyways, yeah, let's forget that bollocks. It's episode 83 of PlayStation Unchained. That's a wedding march, if you wondered, because our dear Benjamin should have always getting married <laughs> in Final Fantasy. Yeah, then. not in real life. Yes, <laughs> later, after this very podcast. So yeah. we think it's not real life. We don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah, we don't know the arrangements that you make in these mystical worlds. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, I have the groom himself, uh, Ben Chilabir Hall. Hey. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, I can't believe it's tonight. I'm going to get married on Final Fantasy. I can't believe it. Oh, I'm excited. I'll get some cake. The actual wedding or for the free item? The cake. Hey, I paid for my wedding. I paid for both. Both of us, so. How much did it cost you to pay for the wedding? £20. Wow. Real money? Yeah, real money. Have you spent real money to get married in that game? Yeah. Oh, man. Vegas is cheaper than that. <laughs> it's $40, yeah. I think it is. Oh, my word. Um, that's you got to buy one uh, bracelet each. Buy, I bought it, gave it to her, and then I bought my own. So, so, so wait, they're $10 a bracelet? $20 a bracelet. So you spend 40 euros. Or forty pounds. No, twenty pounds. It's forty dollars. Conversion rate, I suppose. Yeah, conversion. Well, it's about twenty-two pounds and thirty-five dollars. I think it is. I can't believe it, Ben. Hey, it, I'm getting a mount, an emote, a wife, and cake. I was gonna say, isn't your wife gonna be wanting a mount? Yeah, you're getting a two-person mount, which is useless, <laughs> and she's with you all the time. Well, no, because anyone could get on the mount in your party. Even you could get on my mount. I am still having an affair with you, Megan. <laughs> and I'll get some cake. Just mounting each other. <laughs> I think the important thing is I get cake, guys. You get cake. cake. That's fine. I'll be propping up the bar. <laughs> well, I wanted the stag night, but nobody would, would accept doing naked extreme fights. But <laughs> what, what are you talking about? I would totally accept it. Yeah. I wanted to do some naked, unsynced extreme yeah, fights for funds. Then technically, shouldn't you do the stag night in a different game? <laughs> like you go somewhere else to go and do your stag do. So. Yeah. You uh, just start acting like Final Fantasy characters in, I don't know, some zombie game or something. Yeah. I do. Uh, anyway, before we forget, um, also, I know that Gary Bagdasaro is here as well. Welcome, yes. Gary. How are you today? I could be better, but I'm, I'm decent. Are you mourning your uh, Gwent trophy? I am. I am very. I'm not mourning it. I'm just angry about it. It's one of the. It's one of the most time-consuming trophies to get, and it's completely glitched for me. And it just, uh, yeah, they are the worst. I'd say that. It took me about ten to fifteen hours to get this trophy. Cool. I have all the side quests, playing every person I can possibly play, hunting down every card, and nothing. No trophy. I've been there on some games. Even even this year with Dying Light, actually, was one of them. When its trophy list was uh, glitched. It's like, doing that thing of kicking the zombies off the roof. I must have done it, like, 
nearly a thousand times. And it, it's oh, I had off. that glitch too. Yeah, but I loaded it up last month, did one kick, and it was there. Bing. Because <laughs> I fixed it. So. Yeah, I think it, for me, I think it was some weird thing. I, I It was like the trophy was named one way, but you had to do it a certain different way. Yeah. It was really weird of how it was set up. I don't yeah. think like drop kicks counted yet. Actually, I had to kick them off. Yeah, there were a whole bunch of things that were going wrong with their trophy list, basically. Something that happened with Dead Island as well, I think. Uh, well, there's a lot of things wrong with Dead Island. Yeah. Uh, Dead Island Riptide, I remember I got all the collectibles, but it didn't give me the trophy. I remember getting about four hours into that game and it never went any further. It just crashed at the same point every single time. To be fair, it's a zombie game. Four hours is the whole game. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Aha! But but, you know, it's not my first Gooch Trophy. I had a Gooch Trophy in God of War 3 Remaster too. Mm. Thankfully, that one unlocked when I went back through it from the beginning again, but yeah. It's really ever nice the opposite way around, like you get a glitch trophy where you get a trophy too easily. Well, that happened to me when I missed that when that yeah. happened. Where I would get trophies for, I was playing, I can't remember what game I was playing now, but I was getting trophies for Resident oh, yeah, Evil. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing yeah, complete... Rogue Legacy. That was it, Rogue Legacy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, actually, in the weeks you said after yeah. that, I started, did see the odd person have the same problem. So, it's a weird little thing that happens. Now again, different games as well. So, yeah. Anyway, we should probably get on with some news stories. Otherwise, we're going to have another one of those podcasts, and you'll be late to your own wedding. <laughs> so let's go. Um, I suppose we should start with probably not Sony-related news, but game-related news because, of course, Tessaro Iwata passed away last week, and yeah, head on to old Nintendo, which is. Yeah, at the age of 55, it's sad to have happened. So, everyone knows obviously details of that. So, quick thing for both of you guys to say your favourite sort of your know, Nintendo moment kind of thing. So, I'll start with you, Gary. Oh, man, so many moments, you know, it's so hard to say. I, I was really sad when I heard this news. Mm. All the things he's done for not just Nintendo, but for the industry itself. I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of hating on Nintendo right now for some of the decisions they've made, but he's one of those guys who's literally made all of the most amazing games of my childhood. Um, Him and Miyamoto together. Um, I, I still think the Wii U is one of the best consoles um, I know it's considered like a new gen console, like the PS4 and Xbox One. But to me, if if I had the choice, if it had the same type of games um, that the PS3 and 360 had, the Wii U would have been my choice of consoles. Oh yeah, if it had strong third party, there'd be no doubt about it. Yeah, especially with the, with the incredible first party titles they made. Like I've never been disappointed with the first party title they've made. Um, I you know, it's, well, well, I hope you're not looking forward to Devil's Third then. Well, it's it's not their title though. That's the thing. <laughs> They're just distributing it. Like uh, they didn't help it. But you know, I've seen it, a, a lack of anyone calling it Devil's Turd, which is <laughs> I'm quite disappointed in. I'm sure at least one, like maybe even Kotaku or something, would have done it. So, but no, terrible. Yeah, but you know the the industry definitely lost one of the best 
and greatest innovators of the industry. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see where Nintendo goes from here, but uh, I was really sad and disappointed with this news, especially, you know, he looked in such good health during E3 video conference, you know? It's like, That's just it. unexpected, you know? Just one day he's here, the next day he's not. Uh, cool thing. You, you'd hope though with the influence folks like him have had at Nintendo that that will carry on because you know, they've instilled that in that company and it's the yeah. way they do things so I I don't, it shouldn't change too big I think yeah, see, that's the thing uh, I'm, you kind of have to wonder is like, was he the one keeping things together or like, is everything going to start falling apart now well because Besides him and Miyamoto, you never really, and Reggie, you never really heard about anybody else. No, from it. Um, but at the same so time, they take over. Yeah, at the same time, it could have the opposite effect. You know, there could be positives that come out of it. There could be a more driven focus in what they're doing while still retaining, you know, that childlike philosophy of making games fun. And it could work out for the better. It's not to say anything against the writer at all. And that's just saying that change of direction with that influence having been over them for so long could make a better company in the long run. Yeah, agreed. Like, well, for me, the, the biggest concern now is how it's going to affect their first party titles. Yes, yeah, straight up going to be the first thing. What yeah, I... because Miyamoto, you know, he's what, in a, he's 71 now? He's not going to be around for much longer doing games. No. no surprisingly, so... he's still is, to be honest. But, uh, yeah. yeah. What about you, Ben? Oh, I was thinking about going to bed at the time, but then it was incredibly depressing. It hit about, what, about 3 a.m. in the morning, I think it was, when I read about the news. 2, 3 a.m. Yeah, I was, like, I was just about to go to bed myself. Yeah, I ended up staying up till like 4 or 5 a.m. thinking about all the, all the old good games. I was sat there thinking, I really need to buy a Wii U. <laughs> it did make you think that, I have to say. Because it's like, as much as... I am born a Sega in the old days. It's you know, I've had my fair share of Nintendo consoles and several games that he's had influence in. And yeah, it's not any company that really makes things like that. And it's definitely going to take some sort of hit in the long run, I think, but maybe not straight away. I think, as I said to Gary, we'll still have that for a while, where his influence will still be felt in their uh, first party stuff. But yeah, in a few years' time, could be a telling point. Right. Oh, yes. So, hopefully, all the way on the up and up. So. Yeah. Like, the thing that really irritated me is also listening or reading comments and stuff, and people are just so disrespectful. You know, like, I read a comment, I was like, well, maybe now Nintendo can make a good console. It's like, really? You know, it's like... Especially Twatcher. I mean, Patcher. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Don't, it's like, man passed away and you're so disrespectful. It's like, I don't care if you like Nintendo or not. You don't do that. That's... Right. So, especially for someone who's... You know, his good deeds far outweigh any negativities, you could say. You know, which is a lot more than you can say for a lot of people in the game industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, so... And to say that from... You know, like I said, for me... Personally, played many Sega and Sony consoles for my entire life. It's like, you know, respect is there to be had with people like that. 
like they're, they're the people that shaped the industry and made the what it is and you know, keep it from being the murkier side that you see in most modern gaming companies. Yeah, I think like the the one of the developers at Three Four Three Studios, the guys who are making Halo Five, mm. um, he he gave us condolences on Twitter, and somebody responded to like, "Why don't you put co-op back in? We don't care about this." And like he he just lost it, and he just went off on this guy. And it's like, come on, like seriously. Uh, yeah. yeah, luckily I didn't see much of this negative stuff. It's still a lot of so much positive stuff. Thankfully, it was really good. But I think we'll move on from there now and we'll get back to the regular PlayStation news. So, <laughs> yeah. so we'll do start with uh, the charts this week in the UK as far as I'm afraid. But uh, F1 2015, the Batman eating exhaust fumes in the UK chart. Yeah, for some reason, F1 2015 has debuted in pole position. Probably because everyone's bought Batman Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum? Nice by now, I should say. They definitely bought Asylum. Right. Um, yes, uh, it dropped to second place that tonight, followed by uh, Lego Jurassic World, Elder Scrolls Online, and GTA Five, which is still in the top five, gladly. But which remains at number six, and Minecraft just behind that, and Call of Duty, Destiny, FIFA, blah 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 blah, usual nonsense. Um, yeah, so are we surprised that F1 got to number one, especially considering it was so badly received critically? I'm not surprised at all. It's 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 a European sport, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I mean, it has an around the world. Yeah, it's like when it's, yeah, it's number one for like three months in the UK. So, <laughs> well, like I said, FIFA 15 is number 11 in the chart still. <laughs> the season's over. Yeah, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's it's an extremely popular sport in in Europe. Um, I'm not surprised by it. You know, usually those types of games do well over there. Yeah, not so much here. It's like it's like rugby. When the rugby game comes out, it sells pretty well in the UK, and like it doesn't even sell a hundred thousand units in North America. Yeah, the same with American sports over here. They tend to do well for a week and then disappear. Yeah. Right. And Ben, are you surprised or shocked or annoyed or angry? Sorry. Or take Ga- a friend. Oh, Gary's fired. <laughs> Call a friend. I think Michael Pacto wants to have a word on this. <laughs> it, it, he just told me in a message saying that uh, sports games will sell very well, uh, sell badly. So obviously, this means they do very well. <laughs> uh, anyway, I yeah, I'm not shocked at this all. But uh, yeah, that's all I'm gonna add. Yeah, that's all there is to say. We'll talk more about why later. As uh, it may come up in the review. Right, but so let's uh, let's go to this next thing. I don't know much about this story to a degree, apart from like, I've seen a bit of the TV shows. But um, it'll be a rising director, Kenji Saito, wants to make a killer kill or desert game. Now, Batman Games, Kenji Saito, expressed his desire to make a game based on the hit 2013 anime, Kill or Kill or the notoriously brutal long-running manga Berserk. His tweet was a response to a fan asking to make games based on anime studio, studio Tatsunuko production series Gatchaman and Kara. Given that Platinum Games is busy with several games, including Transformers, Mir, and a bunch of other stuff like that, so it seems like it will be a while away. But 
Do you guys have any interest in these anime series? And would you like Platinum to do them? If anyone was doing them, I wanted to be Platinum. Or Cyber Connect. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a bit of Kill the Kill and it is Platinum to a T. So that, that's their sort of thing, straight away. Um, I, I haven't seen Kill the Kill, I have seen Berserk. Um, I mean, we had one game of Berserk already on the Dreamcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, which was a pretty interesting game, but um, no, I, I would love it. Um, Platinum is not my favorite studio. I think I've mentioned that before, but sure, why not? Splendid. That's <laughs> all we need to say on that one. Uh, but up, let's come and see what more stories there are. Yeah, we some of them now. Um, let's see. Got to be so many. All right. Sony was surprised by Xbox One's backwards compatibility. What do you believe? Well, every week we seem to have a story about a surprise and someone being surprised about something someone has done. <gasps> surprise! Yes, this time it's Yoshida again. For the second week running. Um, he admitted it was taken by surprise at Microsoft's announcement of backwards compatibility. He said, I was very surprised, as we just mentioned. It must have taken lots of effort for them to realise the backwards compatibility because the Xbox 360 and Xbox One use very different kinds of architecture. I'm very curious. They show a very short list of titles that work. And doing software emulation means you have to work title by title. So I'm curious to see what kinds of games will be included in those hundred games that they said will be compatible by the end of the year. While acknowledging the demand for a PS4 backwards compatibility, Yoshida-san said that the format holder is focused on making new game experiences. Furthermore, he pointed out that PS4 gamers get the nostalgic kicks via PlayStation Now. It's not really the best argument at the minute. Um, he said, we don't have backwards compatibility with PS4. With PS Now, you can play PS3 games on PS4. The main purpose of PS Now is a network service. By removing the requirement of games running on a console itself, we can bring PlayStation games to multiple devices, including non-PlayStation devices. We just announced an alliance with Samsung in the US, so people who purchase Samsung TVs can play PlayStation games on their TV. So that's the main purpose, not to provide backwards compatibility. I totally understand people asking for it, and if it was easy, we'd have done that. But our focus is creating PS4 games and adding new services. Remaking games on PS4 makes that game, those games even better. With the last of us, you can play at 60 frames per second. Same goes for Dark Souls 2. 2. Yeah. I actually just finished Dark Souls 2 again on PS4. Instead of doing your job, come on. So, yes, he was surprised by the backwards from that belly. Thinks PlayStation Now is going to be the better alternative. What do you think, guys? We'll start with Ben. Well, to be honest, I rarely play my old games, if I'm honest. My PS3 is probably covered in dust and coughing and go, <coughs> Why do you not play me no more? <coughs> I don't know why it sounds like that, but that's what my PS3 sounds like. Is that an import? Is that what it sounds like? <laughs> why are you not playing me? Insert disc? Why are you not? Anyway, um, but PS Now, I'll probably use that more than I would actually backwards compatibility, mainly because I can use it on any device. I don't care. My PS4 has enough games. Uh, so yeah, my PS4 has enough games right now that I don't need PS3 games for it, but PS Now allows me to play PS3 games on my phone, on my telly, on my Blu-ray player, on my Vita, on my watch one day maybe. Anywhere I want. And it'll also allow me to play PS1 and PS2 games. Is so that, yeah, that's that, more that's, that's more important to me than anything. Yeah, I think that'll be the one that 
matters in the end. It's just once it has more formats in PlayStation now, yeah. and they've got their subscription model nailed down, it's going to be amazing. And then, yeah, I do honestly believe it will be a better alternative than, you know, hoping that that title you really like is going to be coming to Xbox One that was on Xbox 360. It's, yeah, it, this is what I said, I think, back at you know, E3, it's, Sony are looking more to the future with what they're doing. So it's Microsoft are sort of doing something to try and win E3. And like have this big statement of intent. Oh, look, you can play your old game. So, yeah, make the jump. You can come. But like I said, most people have already made that jump. And so, you know, what was the uh, overall gain in doing so? What about you, Gary? Um, I have to agree with Ben. I'm more for the, the streaming thing than than the backwards compatibility. At first, I was all backwards compatibility. I was like, oh, I can't play my old game. That's stupid. You know, but then I realized how I was using it, which was never. <laughs> Once I got a new console. So, um, well, I won't say never. There were times I went back, but. I, yeah, I, you know. yeah, I did that with my back catalog, you know, in the first year of PS3. I. You know, just finished up all the games I need to finish, and it was nice in that respect. Yeah, yeah. It's like after that, there was no need for it. Yeah, um, like it's nice to have. Don't get me wrong. Like, I would love to have it. I like, don't like. I would love to put in a PS3 game into my PS4 and play that. You know, oh, yeah. with the scaling and everything. But is it necessary? I don't think so. I mean, Sony already said uh, back when Microsoft announced it that we know a lot of people want it but very few people actually use it. Yeah. Um, he gave a certain percentage number of it, too. I don't remember what it was, but, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where I think people just have the problem of having to pay again for a game they already bought. Um, yeah. But then again, with PS Now, they're not buying it, they're just renting it. You know, it's like Blockbuster, or what was Blockbuster, or any sort of, or Gamefly or something. You know, you're paying, you're playing the game, and you're giving it back. Yeah. A lot of people don't like to buy games. They spend $60, and then they go back to GameSpot or something and return it for $25. Yeah, it goes back to the... To me, that's like a terrible deal, you know? Yeah. It's like I spent $60 for a game that came out two days ago. I beat it two days later. Take like the Order 1886, for example. You can beat that game in one day. <laughs> you know, people, people who paid sixty dollars for it, they went back and returned it and got like twenty dollars back for it. I know. It's like, what kind of deal is that? And people consider that a good deal. That's a dreadful deal to me. I'd rather pay, you know, ten dollars to rent a game and keep it for ninety days or thirty days or whatever, and yeah. be done that way. I mean, you only have to look at Plus, and you know, people complain about where well, they aren't free games because if your subscription ends, they're gone. It's like, but how many games are you actually going to play for like the length of the subscription, you know, and just carry on playing them? It's very rare, and you're not really lost to me. If you do put your subscription up again, you'll be able to play it again. That's the way it works. And it's, it's just, yeah, it makes sense in the long run, I think, doesn't it? Plus, remember, if you subscribe in America, you can actually subscribe to PS Now yeah. rather than actually constantly paying rentals. So you can subscribe for a month, pay all the games you want. Kill yourself because you play all the amazing games because there's a lot of games on PS Now already, and then end the subscription and that's it. You didn't have you paid fifteen dollars, I think it is, 
or is it seventeen dollars? Seventeen fifty, eighteen to seventeen dollars to play every, all those games. Are twenty dollars still? You're paying twenty dollars and you've got access to about seventy games. Yeah, see, the, my, that's my only problem right now with PS Now is they don't have the same games available for streaming or for the subscription model than they do for the regular. Model. I didn't I'm know really, that. I'm also worried that they're not going to bother with the Vita in time on the PS Now stuff because the fact that it was supposed to be at the same time and now it's coming later. And it's, well, that would have been one of the perfect machines for it. It's, it already works on the Vita, though. Well, apparently, it's not coming out until after it's been tested on everything else. Have it on my PS Vita right now. Do I mean, you? Oh, maybe yeah, that's like, the European thing then. Well, the European one, it basically is not out on the Vita. Yeah. you can't do subscription on the Vita. It's only on PS4 right now. Okay. And plus, Neil, um, they do, they did the same in America as they're doing here. They rolled it out on PS4 first, and they waited yeah. a month and rolled it out on Vita. Right, that's what I'm just saying here. I just wondered if they're not doing it here. Which is, uh, you know, the way they're treating Vita. The minute you wonder. Yeah, and, and like you guys said, I think the, the big deal for me is going to be when and if they get the PS2 titles on there. I mean, yeah. once they start rolling PS2 titles on there, I'll be 100% behind it. Oh, yeah. But like I said, if they still had all the same titles available for the subscription model that they have on just the single rentals, I would I would probably be subscribed right yeah. now. I mean, it takes a lot of that out of my uh, family like with PS3 where you you deleted the game for a while because it was on your plus account and then you want to oh I want to play that again I'll download it again you've got to have that wait and if you've got that game in your library on PS Now and you can just go oh there you go I'll, I'll group that up there you go you can play it that's the best thing yeah. about it and it's one of those things again where oh I don't like PlayStation I don't want to buy a PlayStation you know yeah. I'll buy an Xbox but I have a Samsung TV or eventually they're probably going to put on as many TVs as they can. Oh, look, I can play PlayStation games without actually owning the PlayStation. Now. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the only stumbling block here is that internet is just not quite up to speed with it, really. All round for everybody. Yeah, and, and getting... you know, people complain about that it's $20, and yeah, I think it is a little bit high right now. I think eventually it's gonna they're going to drop it to maybe $15. Oh, I... Say it in the sense of look at something like Netflix. What you're paying for is stuff that lasts, uh, you know, a couple of hours at most. Yeah. It's like against games that last, you know, anywhere between six to you know, hundreds of hours. It's like per game. Well, see, that was the point I was going to make right now. Is that it costs twenty dollars. People are complaining that it's expensive, but yet they have a subscription to Netflix, mm. Hulu, Crunchyroll, you know, HBO Ooh. Go. All of those combined are way over like fifty dollars. I know, and I think that's it. It's because they get more; they can watch more things for their money. It, it, they perceive it as value higher. Whereas, like, you play a couple of really meaty games on PS Now, and like, you probably say, oh, "I haven't really got my money's worth." Out of it. I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying there are people out there that are like that, and I just think that because they haven't played twenty games this month, it's just been a waste of their money. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from this story and talk about something equally ridiculous. Um, Prototype 1 and 2 did eventually come to PS4 this week in a weird bundle. That kind of. Kind of. That wasn't very good, as it turned out. Yeah, it just turned up at the price of, what was it, £40, I believe? And, uh, yeah, it's 
been proven not to even work at the same level as the uh, PS3 and 360 versions. It's <laughs> not really much of a remaster. But, uh, yeah, I suppose there was no excitement for it. Um, I was only playing Prototype 2 a couple of months ago on the PS3, and to be honest, yeah, it does not look much better for the money they're charging when you can get that game for next to nothing. So, what are your guys' thoughts on it? Start with you, uh, Gary. <laughs> um, well, you're, you're re-releasing two what I call very mediocre games. Um, the company came out of what I consider one of the best PS3 games, and that was Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Yeah, which you can and feel they, a lot of in those games. Yeah, and they went in and they pretty much made the exact same game, but without the Hulk and without the license. Mm. Um, but it just wasn't as polished as the whole Ultimate Destruction was. And then they went and did the sequel, which I was very confused by because the first one didn't sell very well at all. And I kind of already knew that if they released this game, that was going to be the end of that studio. And that's exactly what happened. Um, but they had, this, this release is very confusing in a lot of ways because they never publicized it in any way. Nobody knew. Well, people, it was rumored for a long time. Yeah, but it was official word. And then just out of nowhere, oh, prototype bundle coming out on Xbox One and PS4 today. And it's like, what? You know, it it kind of reminds me of what Sega did with the Sega Saturn. Yeah. <laughs> and it E3, it's like, it's going to be available this week. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> or, or even less underwhelming in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just—it's a complete cash cow for for Activision. I don't think they obviously didn't put much time into it at all because you could say that about a lot of Activision stuff that isn't their big bunch. Yeah, but it's like they wouldn't put too much time and effort into two games that didn't sell very well for them at all. So why re-release it? I have no idea. But which is odd as well because, personally speaking. I find them better games than the infamous games. That's just me. So infamous, infamous came out about the same time as the first prototype. I remember. And yeah, I, I actually quite prefer the prototype. <laughs> yeah, no, more fool me, but there you go. Yeah, but for forty dollars. Nah. Both uh, like I say, considering it was free on Plus like a couple of months ago, uh, the second one. And from what I've seen, it's not even like a remaster. It's just no. The- Ordered it over without any graphical updates or anything. Yeah, well, Digital Foundry did a yeah, Digital Foundry did a their little thing on it and uh, found that it actually ran worse than, than <laughs> yeah. the original version. So they didn't test the PS4 version, though, did they? No, they reckoned yeah. it did run smoother on PS4, but still, you know, nothing. <laughs> that probably just means it runs at equal value. <laughs> I don't know. A PS4 one normally runs better. Yeah, which would make sense. It won't look any better. It won't be any better, but it'll run a bit better. Yeah, basically they've just smudged in the rough edges to make it look a bit smoother. It's just like a nice gold turd instead of a normal turd. Well, it's a shame, no, in fairness, the games play well. Prototype 2 is a great game in its own right, I think. And it's just, it doesn't need that. Like I think someone said it. So if this is a test to hype people up for an announcement for a third prototype, it's, they've done the wrong thing. For it, that's for sure. All I know is, if it was cheaper, I'd buy it. Yeah, like I said, it's like we've had the second one free on PS3 not long ago, and 
the other one you can get for pounds, and they pretty much run the same. It's not worth it. Okay. Um, anyway, let's move on. As we've got all our opinions that way. Here's an interesting one because we've talked about it many times, I think, on this podcast. Uh, Dead Island 2, the off delayed Dead Island 2, is no longer being developed by Jaeger, which is slightly unsurprising considering the uh, constant troubles it seems to have. Uh, Deep Silver has announced that Jaeger, the studio behind Dead Island 2, is no longer working on the sequel. Uh, statement sent to us, the company stated, with Dead Island 2, Deep Silver has always been dedicated to delivering the sequel that Dead Island fans deserve. After careful consideration, today we announced the decision to part ways with development partner Jaeger. We will continue working towards bringing our vision of Dead Island 2 to life. <laughs> and we'll share further information at a later stage. Yeah, it was originally planned to come out just a few months after Dying Light, funnily enough, which I think was back in March, April sort of time, and then got delayed again. And, uh, yeah, to uh, next year. Uh, there's no d- replacement developer on hand, and since that article, Jaeger came out with a statement which I had predicted earlier in the week that it sounds like Jaeger had ideas for the game, uh, Deep Silver had ideas, and basically they weren't matching. And yeah, Jaeger basically saying as much. So yeah, do you guys think there's any hope for the Island 2, Ben? I kind of want it, and say, and then I kind of selfishly don't want to, mm. because at this point, then I've played a game that's never going to be released, and that feels <laughs> amazing. Uh, in case anyone knows, I wrote a preview of Dead or Alive, Dead Dead or Alive, Dead or Alive. Oh, we don't know. It's Dead or Alive right now. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I wrote a a uh, preview last year for PSU.com on Dead Island 2 because I played it last September <laughs> and it was, it was really bad yeah it was horrendously bad I, I, as I said before I think the worst part had to be the crafting system the worst crafting system I have ever seen in my entire life yeah that's one of the things I was thinking this week was you know you had these big games that influence the rest of the industry with what they do like you know GTA 3 you know, made their sandbox world that everyone wanted to copy straight away and generally there were decent copies but the whole Minecraft thing of crafting is just so many games that just do it so badly and out of place it's ridiculous it's like it just gets shoehorned in too much I think I've just never seen such an influential feature get so badly done so often. As I said, to, to add flames to my weapon, I had to stand in front of a gas station for two minutes holding X. That is not fun. That is not fun at all. Yes, hold it down for a little bit, fair enough, five or two seconds, but it felt like a minute and a half. <laughs> my thumb was actually hurting from how long I was pressing it. That's how long oh. I had to press the X button. And then it lasted two hits. So I had to go back again and do it, hold it up. It was just not worth it. And then I glitched the game and ran out of the map. And I also found the spawn point. I found the zombie spawn point. It's the mode I was playing was a kill as many zombies as you can before the other players. Mm. But I found a spot in a house where the zombies just kept spawning through walls over and over again at the same spot. So I kind of won because they wouldn't stop spawning. 
Yeah, yeah. Dad got bored and just left and ran off off the map. And then the game froze. Because I'm good. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about Gary? What do you reckon? Any hope oh. for Dead or, Dead or Alive? <laughs> I I'm pretty sure it's gonna come out. It's probably gonna they're probably gonna go and give it to uh, the original team that worked on the first Dead Island and oh, Dino. Uh, Techland, yeah. Yeah, they'll probably just go back to Techland. Oh, but Techland the have uh, left them pretty much with Warner Brothers now. But Warner Brothers doesn't own them. No, but they seem to leave them with pretty... It wasn't on friendly terms, from what I can tell. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time, though, that such a thing happened, I suppose. So. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure the game is going to come out eventually, no matter what, depending on who's oh, yeah. But my, my whole problem with it is Jaeger, um, they're kind of a newer company. Um, they released, in my opinion, one of the most surprisingly great games of the last generation with Spec Ops The Line. Yeah. I, that game was phenomenal to me. Um, but the storyline was so dark and gritty. It was, it was a very realistic storyline of yeah. what you would expect to happen in a real war. Well, they made... They made a very the idea of a very generic shooter into something quite deep and thoughtful. I mean, which, yeah, which especially is, if you have the name Spec Ops, which is one of the most painted names in video games. Yeah, <laughs> it's just they, the best one games they always saw, man. I mean, it is almost like a middle finger to the very name, the very game that they've made. I don't know. It's hard to say at this point. It's like, did they just make the game like that to make a point? Or is that because that's about the level of their abilities in terms of making games? You know, the yeah. story stuff, brilliant. No doubt about that. Like, mm. And it worked with being that type of game. But maybe that's why, but, or maybe they had just ideas about this that, you know, Deep Silver thought didn't really suit what they were going for, as it sounds. But see, it's one of those things, like, for me, personally, if you're developing a game I think the developer should be able to get more say than the publisher in it uh, that, that's just me because they are working on the game They, I think they would know what type of game they want to make obviously you approved the type of game they wanted to which was the first Dead Island when they released that first trailer oh my god this is going to be a super serious game that trailer won awards for them yeah you know, and then it comes out and it's like this cheesy half comedy game. <laughs> you know, it's completely opposite of what you showed off. And then here comes Dead Island 2 and it's telling you exactly what it is. It's a fun, and like that trailer was brilliant. Yeah. It was one of the best trailers of the and one of the best trailers I've ever seen. And I, I think it's just like, like you said, they meshed together or they, they, they clashed with each other and it hurt the game. And it's not the first time it's happened, and it definitely won't be the last, but Ooh, if you're paying your developer to do a game, you should let them do the game instead of butting in and telling them exactly how you want the game to be made. Mm. I do wonder, though, given that they had such a split with uh, Techland, that maybe they'd hope that they'd employed Yes Men for the job. They would just do what they wanted, and of course they suddenly found out that Jaeger didn't want to do what they wanted to do. And that's what happened. It's one of those things that leads to like closing of studios. You know, Jaeger could close down because of this. Mm. Because as far as I know, they don't get paid until the game is out. No, that's it. And it's 
and it could shut them down. They've lost like three years of their life working on this game, probably, and with nothing to show for it. Yeah, especially you know when quite publicly the game has had its troubles already. It just doesn't look good for them at the minute, which is a shame because at the very least there's potential for someone like Jaeger. Yeah. It just seems to make Techland look like making a very smart move moving away. Like they did. Anyway, enough time spent on that. So let's see what else is there. Well, I suppose we've got to mention this next piece because our blushing room uh, quite fancies this game. That he's often cited it as being one of the best games of all time on this very podcast. He uh, does seem to have pinch on for a certain farm animal Ooh. and it's a uh, ability to do some really crazy stuff in a ridiculously glitchy mappy environment yes we finally found out that goat simulator yes 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 now if uh, anyone can remember who it was that liked it oh yes <laughs> oh Yes, it's coming next month. Finally, having been on everything else, it's uh, a collaboration between Double Eleven and Coffee Stain means that the game will finally be on PlayStation systems next month. Uh, Goat Simulator, aside from headbutting your way to farmyard glory, you can fly on a jetpack, blow stuff up, perform mid-air tricks, and even go toe-to-toe with other gamers via their frantic multiplayer mode. Uh, <laughs> PlayStation Edition will feature the debut of the Goat VR experience. Uh, they say, we've been working on Goat VR for some time. We're pleased to debut it in the PlayStation Edition of Goat Simulator. Uh, Goat VR is the most authentic simulated Goat VR experience that doesn't require a helmet or anything. Although it's not quite ready yet, we felt it better to stay ahead of the crowd and move it out into the wild. We still need to do that part where it connects to an actual headset, but for now, you can enjoy a simulated Goat VR experience without it. So, so I was... I should go straight to Gary and ask, um, are you excited for Goat Simulator? I'm excited for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard somebody be more excited for something other than a naked girl like Ben was. <laughs> I, um, but yeah, uh, joking aside, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for it. You know, it, it became super popular just out of nowhere. You know, it's, Obviously not a goat simulator. It's just a fun game where you play as a goat. But, yeah, it's great. You know, VR mode. Uh, I'm wondering if they're going to release all the DLCs for it. You know, the, the zombie one. and I would guess so. The MMO one. I mean, they haven't announced it. I'm kind of sad that there's no Vita version, though. Yeah. You know, they announced it for PS4 and PS3, but no Vita, which... It's, it's it's very sad because you know you had the opportunity you know cross by all three platforms you know a lot of the indie developers are doing that now. But then there are games that have done that. I mean stuff like Don't Starve and Octodad. They came to PS4 and then later came to PS Vita. So it is possible. No, it is possible, but usually for something like this that you know is eventually going to come out on PS4, you kind of would have expected it. Hmm. But no, no, it's it's great news. Uh, it's probably going to sell quite a lot because of all the hype behind it for the longest time now. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy for for you, Ben, that you're finally getting what you want. I think you probably bought the Xbox version without even owning an Xbox. So. <laughs> well, I have it on PC and phone, so 
I'll buy a PS4 as well. Maybe PS3 just because I need more. Yeah. <laughs> you heard within seconds of that announcement coming out this week, Ben said, I'm buying everybody a copy. I mean it. I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to buy everyone. And as, as long as it's not ridiculously expensive, of course. Yeah. How much is it on all the other platforms? I don't know. Xbox, what, PC is about £5. I'd say it would be probably about one of those 12 quid games. Right? Yeah. I think it's going to be like one ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I think it's going to be about 10 quid, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be around that sort it's of thing. It's $20, it's not worth it in my life. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Uh, uh, this, this, yeah, so you're excited, man. Yeah. Mean. I'm down to review it as well. Of course, yeah. <laughs> First person goat mode, yes! VR goat mode! Oh, oh I'm going to go faint. Be right back. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, I'll do a couple more stories because they're already uh, dragging the old time out. I'm just going to use alone. Uh, let's go into Gearbox. They're developing an authentic new Brother to an Arms game. Would you believe that confirmed it's developing this so it's uh, in the incubation stage. Uh, favourite person of Gary Bagdasarov, uh, Randy Pitson, confirmed that the studio is working on the franchise now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he says, I think the next Brothers in Arms game has to be authentic, and we've been working on that. He says, I feel we have unfinished business there with both the fiction and the history. I'd like to get into that. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. He thinks about things, Gary. Would you believe? Sadly, it takes a lot of resources, energy, and money to do what must be done. So it's not something I feel to do completely alone. Yeah, I need good partners for it. So we've been talking to great folks, but it's really putting all that together that's the limiting factor. Once we put all the partnerships together in terms of publishing, collaborators, and creators, we can talk about it. I feel like I'm on the brink of it, but we're not quite there yet. Once that happens, development will really take off. And then sometime after that, if we don't completely kill ourselves. Well, they're now, but we're in the incubation phase with the next one, that's for sure. So, it's the, the subtle tease for something that's coming, but it's coming. So, yeah. <laughs> so, there's um, Furious 4, which is what they were going to make originally for Brothers and Arms, which was nothing like the original Brothers and Arms game, ended up being Battleborn. So, do you believe the word of Randy Pitchford, Gary? <laughs> um, I don't believe a single damn word he said. Um, he's a lion ass clown, in my opinion. But you, know, you can announce whatever you want. You can say you're working on whatever you want. But chances are you're just going to go back to Borderlands like you always do. Um, he's literally made this announcement twice in the same week as well. He's done it with Duke Nukem and this. He said the same thing when he goes, Oh, we're going to make it, but we want other people to work on it. Which is basically saying, yeah, like with Colonial Marines, you want to be able to blame someone else when it goes wrong. Exactly, and they continue to defend it. But, yeah. you know, personally, if it comes out, I hope it fails miserably just to, in spite of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Uh, but I, I think this just, in my opinion, proves that Gearbox is not a very good video game design studio. You know, they made Borderlands, which technically isn't a good game, but they passed it off as a great game because Boom. they put RPG and said that it was an RPG. <laughs> That's why your bullets miss 90% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Ben. I know you like Gearbox. I know you like Borderlands, but... I Who says I like Gearbox? I, I dislike the company. Okay, so you just like Borderlands. Which is fine. Yeah. The greatest thing about Borderlands is his writing. That's, that's, I'll give it that. Like The writing is phenomenal. But yeah. now that they lost the writer, he left. He went to a different studio. I don't know what they're going to do then. And in all but, fairness, in the Borderlands franchise, there's only been one really good game, and that's two. And that's it. Like, pre-sequel was pretty bad. I, 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 I love the story of pre-sequel. Yeah, the story was good, but... As Everything game, else was like, bad. It was erratic and rushed. Like, so really, they've got one game that's as good, in my opinion. And I, and I really love that one game. It's like Borderlands 2 is still one of my favourite games ever. It's, but it's... Yeah, the other games in the series I haven't been as good. Yeah, you know, you announced you know, the Furious 4, which you should have gone with because you could have kept the writer for that time period and made it Borderlands in World War II. Yeah. But now you're going to go with an authentic game, and we've seen how well you do an authentic game with Aliens. So, <laughs> Oh, yes, Mr. I'm a big fan of Aliens. <laughs> no, thank you. And, and Duke Nukem, are you kidding me? Are you going to pass that off to a different developer? I mean, Like I said, unless it's right? certain companies doing that, it's just not worth it. Like the guys behind Shadow Warrior could do it. The guys behind Bulletstorm could do it. And that's it, yeah. I think. Really, they'd be my two choices to make yeah, the you, you bought the license just to let it sit there, and that's exactly what they're going to do with it. Mm, yeah, they're not the only company to do it, I'll say that. But, yeah, they are one of those companies, sadly. It's, uh, just yeah. hold on to things. It's sad. Ben? This is the, one of the reasons I didn't buy Homeworld re-release is because they released it. Yeah. I would, I would love to buy Borderlands 3, but that's about it. I'm not going to buy anything else of those. That's it. No, it's like Colonial Marines to this day. It's just the nicest thing you could say about Colonial Marines was that the multiplayer was hilarious fun. But a game about aliens shouldn't be hilarious fun. <laughs> and the sound effects were authentic, but that's yeah. not them. That was 20th Century Fox. Yes, as I think... Um, yeah, Jim Sterling, who's also not quite a fan of this, is that uh, pointed out that to um, that indie developer in his uh, recent interview, it's like the sound effect. If that's what you're going on, someone else's sound effects to be your highlight, then uh, you, that just shows how poor a job you've done. <laughs> I'll say this: if Creative Assembly can make a successful Alien game where yeah. you don't fight, you run and hide, mm. and it's the first game they've done that's not a real-time strategy game then Gearbox can do a freaking shooter on an Alien franchise. Yeah. It's I'm sorry, it shouldn't be hard. I mean, that's, that was a good thing that Sega came out of it with some sort of redemption for what happened. Everybody yeah, and it, and it makes me even more sad that they cancelled Obsidian's RPG and went with Colonial Marines instead. Sad. Sadness of all sorts. Uh, let's see, what else have we got? Um... Shenmue 3 Kickstarter. It ended with $6.3 million. It was all good. We all love that. Yeah, it ended last night, I believe. Wasn't it? With roughly uh, £4.1 million pounds for it over here. Uh, it's become the highest funded video game project on Kickstarter. But it's also a benefit from an enhanced battle system because of that funding. Yeah, it also reached that £2 million goal in less than 24 hours when it came out. Following the unveiling at E3, and also became the fastest video game on the crowdfunding service to hit the one million mark. 
Uh, earlier this week, the official website opened and was accompanied by a new teaser trailer titled Lake of the Lantern Bug, which was quite nice, a little thing, I'd say. So, And it's still scheduled to come out December 2017. I'm hoping for my birthday. Guys, pleased with the funding they ended up getting? Gary? I'm pleased, but I also believe it could have gotten a lot more if it wasn't for the controversy behind it. Yeah. Um, I think it easily could have passed maybe the 10 million mark if it wasn't for that. Um, you had six over 67,000 people um, contribute, which we think is great, but then you look at companies like, oh, we sold you know, 5 million copies of the game and it's not enough. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I'm I'm super happy that it's coming and it got funded. Um, I think that was a given, though. Once they announced it, I think everybody knew that it was easily going to reach its goal. Oh yeah. But yeah, the the controversy behind its listing really mm-hmm. hurt it, in my opinion. I think it hurt it more than it helped it. Yeah, in the end, it did. Sadly, I think it did sort of recover slightly after a while when people stopped getting all in a tiz about it. But yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things like we always talk about. Everybody wants this game, but can they prove how much they want it by funding it? Mm-hmm. And then look, how long have people wanted Shenmue Three, and only sixty-seven thousand people funded it? You know, yeah. numbers there just don't really add up to me. But there you go. It, it, it is sad because the game easily could have gotten a lot more funding if it wasn't for the controversy. Yeah, easily could. And then. What do you think? Good? Good. I wish, as Gary said, I think if it wasn't for all the issues with Sony and how much they're funding, what they're doing, uh, then I think it would have been a, it would have got a lot more. Uh, what we're talking about, though, did you did you back it all, Gary? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I think we're all backers, aren't we? I think I gave it the, the 120 or 125. Oh, nice. Uh, what did yeah. you go with, Neil? I, I went with the Pauper's version. Yeah. <laughs> I just got, I just like, <laughs> I, I'm in a current predicament in fantasy where I just have to decide which one thing I want video game wise at a time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to suck to wait until 2017 to get my, my money back. Yeah, I mean, it's at the same time, it's like, you know, I could feasibly wait because it's my birthday around that time. So I could be like, yeah, that'd be a great birthday present. But I don't know, it's kind of nice to know that it's coming and that it's there. Just now I have to hope that it's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anything, this should be a, a point that everybody should look at and see like, wow, people funded a game that hasn't seen a release in over 15 years. Mm. Franchise. And it just shows you how much people want it. And a lot of studios need to start looking at Kickstarter if they don't want to fund it themselves or they can't afford to do it themselves. Yeah. <clears throat> Time splitters, guys. Come on. Yeah, streets of rage. Uh, streets of rage. Come on, <laughs> get on with it. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it's yeah, it's just sad for the controversy. I think I think it w- what would have helped if if they went came out and been straightforward with it and said we are helping fund the game, but we just can't fund all of these features. If you want yeah. more features in the game, you can. I think they kind of hoped that it would be obvious because they were on Sony's stage to do it and I think yeah well it's it should have been obvious when they only asked for 2 million yeah I mean because you know <laughs> financial Shenmue 1 cost 50 million dollars to make <laughs> like I said at the time I think people were just too caught up in the whole hysteria of it and 
sort of dragging it down with detail, people just wouldn't have listened probably anyway. And it just would have killed the buzz. So I can understand why, but, you know, it, it'll hopefully tell people in the future how to sort of make that disclaimer straight away. And people will know anyway that, oh, well, if it shows up at this you know, company's conference, that means that they're the ones helping pay. So there's a little bright side out of it, and that's the problem that goes with being the first to do it like this. All right. And like we said, if it all goes right, then, you know, it puts Sony in a good light in the future. Anyway, one last story before we go on to feature and review stuff. Uh, the Nathan Drake collection has forced to remove the uh, forced motion controls from Drake's fortune, which may be small news, but it, you know, for me, as someone who really hated that in Drake's fortune, it's amazing to know that. Yeah, they've basically tweaked, tweaked Drake's fortune to uh, be more like Uncharted 2 in the current in the collection coming up. So using less of the old six-axis stuff to make, you know, throw grenades and such as they did back in the day, which I really, 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 really didn't like at the time. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's it's good to know, isn't it? Are you more intrigued now about the collection, guys, knowing that Uncharted 1 will be a little revised and more like the other games, uh, Ben? I was excited for it anyway, even without the extra... Uh, extra stuff. I didn't mind it, to be honest. I didn't mind the six axis controls. I nearly platinum that game, but nearly. So I, I had this thing with certain franchises. The first game in the franchise, I really had trouble with, and just saying that was one of them. It, it didn't do it as a game. It wasn't until the second one. I was like, wow, that's amazing, great, lovely. Like that it's, it's got a little too rough around the edges for me. Um, and Gary. Um, I'm kind of with Ben. Uh, I was gonna buy it regardless. Um, I really didn't have too much trouble with the with the motion controls, but you know it's fine if they remove it. I think it'd be better if they gave you the option if you want to use it or not, um, rather than just straight out removing it. I don't. Can they even use it with the PS4 pads now? Yeah, it's got six X's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, remember, and now infamous and stuff. It's like. <laughs> But, yeah, you know, I'm actually hoping what they do is they implement the touchpad for some of the puzzles like they had with uh, Golden Abyss on the on the PS Vita. Yeah, that'd be cool. Kind of like scratch the screen to, to do the charcoal outlining and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, if they have more stuff like that, that's great. That proves it's not just a simple, here's three games we bundled together, give us some money sort of thing. It's, it's nice to know they are doing new things with what they've given us. Yeah, and obviously a photo mode. If it has one, it's going to be yeah. awesome. But. And oh yeah, and it's pretty much guaranteed to be a decent port because uh, Blue Point are doing it. So they generally do. Which they've done a lot of great. Yeah, they've done some really good ports. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, I am excited for it. Like I said, I, I it, it kind of sucks that they just straight out removed it rather than give you the option of turning it on or off. But you know, it, only the first game really utilized it, so it's fine. Yeah, it doesn't have. It. Also, no, no more log balancing. In the first game, again, that's just one of those things I hate. <laughs> and, uh, it, it just felt too gimmicky to me at the time, just to have those. So I'm kind of glad they're not in there. Oh, I suppose that's all our news now. We've used all our news stuff up. So, 
Ben, it's that feature time again, so you have to tell people what the title of this feature is, don't you? Well, thank you all for listening so far, but I think it's time for us to relax, put on the kettle, enjoy, have a little break, and it's time to battle with Bolt. This is going to be the week where I asked Kevin to just sort of put some theme music over the top. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll just do it plain, plain as day this week. It's like easy, simple question this week. Um, mainly brought on about by Airplane, the vanishing of Eden, Ethan Carter, because it's just so beautiful to look at. Uh, what's your favourite gaming world and why? Now, I'll do the answers that we got social media first or Facebook this week I didn't do it on Twitter but uh, let's see what we got I had to say that we could pick more than one world because people couldn't quite stick to just one in some cases uh, let's see mostly normal answers too uh, Spirit Bender says <laughs> Final Fantasy for the amazing boss battles uh, I don't think we got the question um, Shadow says Silent Hill Russell Steele says, Ratchet and Clank, it's a universe of fun and crazy weapons, infamous with a full range of powers to take down enemies. Houston Weir says, Dragon Weir, Dragon Weir? Weir? <laughs> that would be an interesting game. Uh, Dragon Warrior 7 on PS1. Whenever I play it, I can't stop. I literally stayed awake for two hours. Two, two hours? Two whole days. Sorry, playing it. two hours would be nothing, really. Um... Kelvin Bell says Just Cause 2 and Skyrim. Uh, Chris H. Wilson says So Many Choices. The uh, Several Billion Dollar Mansion from Resident Evil. And the original Silent Hills Town. Uh, A few Skyrims from some people. Darian Bow just says Pandora from Borderlands 2. And yeah, that's probably the best ones we've got for this week. I will personally say nothing yet. Um, Ben, go on. What are your favourite gaming worlds? Uh, well, I'd love to be in the world of Final Fantasy, especially, I uh, say Final Fantasy fourteen to be honest, because uh, uh, that way, if I don't want to be out dangerous, uh, then I can hide in and do crafting all day and not go out <laughs> with the scary monsters. Um, so yeah, I want to go with the world of Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. I've got a choice of, you know, I could I could be out being adventurous or I could be indoors and go, oh my god, why are all the big scary things want to kill me and eat me? <laughs> so I have to make the shoe instead. Yeah, so that's my choice. Yeah. Any other notable mentions? Uh, I, I, if, I, if I could, would I be able to gain the sort of things in that world? Oh yeah, you'd be in that world. Okay, yeah. then infamous, so I could have superpowers. <laughs> or Saints Row. First, super right. powers. Oh god, I just do that. What a very dull world. Saints Row, Jesus. Imagine me, half naked in a spandex, running around with a giant bat. Of, you know imagine, what? Imagine it, Ben. How do you uh, play that? Through? You're gonna be running around with all those big dildos, dude. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, I was trying to say that, but try and be nice. Sorry. <laughs> nice to We're past the watershed here, so it's fine. Wow. It may not be where you are. It may be eleven o'clock in the morning, in which case, you know, put down that tea and uh, get ready for some horrible language. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I'd run around uh, wielding a dildo. It's just as I imagined. To be fair <laughs> <laughs> Your wife's in for a treat later. 
Uh, how, how about you, Gary? <laughs> oh, that was great. Your wife's in for a treat. <laughs> well, especially the size of that one. Come on. <laughs> are these walls that we would want to live in, or just our. Oh, whatever way you want to interpret it, you know, it's just your word that you admire to look of. One you've got lost in for God knows how long. Things like, that. like me, I think Skyrim's a horribly dangerous world. I'd never want to live there, but I. Yeah, I was about to say I would probably never want to live in any video game world because it's just all danger. <laughs> but if if I had to pick a uh, Pokemon, I would live in the Pokemon world where I could have my own little Pikachu running around. Okay. Me, like, hell yeah, I would totally go for that. Um, other than that, uh, obviously the Witcher's Three world is gorgeous to look at. Um, I would never in my life live in it. <laughs> Can't think the moment you step outside, it's kill you instantly. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of great, amazing game worlds. I mean, you know, Jade Empire had a great game world. Um, Deus Ex, the great game world. I mean, it is in Detroit. No offense to people who live in Detroit, but... <laughs> um, um, Warhammer 40k, never want to step foot into that world. Um, but it is a great world that they created in, in that sense. But, um, you know, Bioshock Infinite, you know, living in the sky would be crazy. I mean, I'm scared of heights, so I'd probably be the first one to die. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like the Mega Man. Great world. It, it, it's not side scroller, obviously, but if you watch like the, the the cartoon that they played back in the day, you know it was a fun world to live. If you look at it, you know Dragon Ball Z, everybody seems to be happy in Dragon Ball Z. There's many worry in the world unless you wanted a fighter. Yeah, and clearly you could just do whatever you want for days at a time and, <laughs> exactly. and not have to worry about whatever you're doing next because time seems to be a weird thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of great worlds. You know, that's that's why we love games, right? That's it, it. Let's just escape from our terrible world and live in a fantasy one. That's probably I think, yeah, I think personally, Rockstar have probably made most of my favorite worlds in terms of just how amazing they are. I mean, I dreamed of San Andreas' world. And it's like, that's how much I got into it. It's just so boring. Immense, but then even stuff like Manhunt, just the way it was set up, I love that, and, and Bully as well. But on a slightly left field choice, I'd probably pick SOS, uh, yeah, Final Escapes, Capital C, just because it was you know, the whole natural disaster thing going on. And it didn't look great or anything, but it's just, I don't know, it just has something about it I really love to look at. Uh, love to look at. Uh, oh, yeah. As you say, so many. Skyrim probably the most time I've spent in the world and just got literally lost in it where you don't see anything outside of being in it. And, you know, you forget you're actually playing for a while and actually enjoy exploring it. It's a really cool thing to have. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Mario. I live in Mario's world. Yeah, I, I'd probably say the same as Sonic. I pretty much... Close my eyes and run through pretty much every zone of Sonic One without. Uh, it, that's. <laughs> I, I know him that well at this point. It's 
something like that. But uh, yeah, I think that'll be the end of that feature, and we'll move on to the older reviewsies, which we got a few this week. Quite a few yep. indeed. Oh. Yes. Woo-hoo! And reviews by at least two people here, which is bad. <laughs> right, let's start with Swedakun Free. Am I saying that right? Because I never know if I'm saying it right. Is it Swedakun or is it Suikoden? Suikoden. Oh, Suikoden. Yeah, like soya stuff. I don't know. <laughs> so, my Japanese. Oh, that's how I pronounce it. Oh, there you go. So we're going to put Suikoden. Anyway. It was reviewed by the good old Dane I like, Operation Raccoon City, and Make Terrible Life Choices, Smith. And... Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> I put it in once a week. <laughs> um, he gave it 8.5 out of 10, saying, Overlooking the change of combat mechanics and the outdated graphics, fans and newcomers to the series will find an engaging storyline that keeps pace with its predecessors. Even with zero knowledge of the first two games, story is self-contained and a good launching pad into the series. He liked the new skill system, the evolved strategy elements, and the complex interweaving storyline. He didn't like the new combat mechanics and the lack of mini-games. Um, anyone, opinions on this game? Uh, sure. Um, this is a PS2 game, which just recently released as PS2 Classic. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome because of all the two Icon games I've played, this one is actually my favorite. Uh, I know everybody loves two and all, but I couldn't get my hands on two forever because it was impossible to get and I don't pay like $400 for it. <laughs> but yeah, three, two, three is definitely my favorite. Um, I loved it. The world is great, the, the story is great. Like, it's a huge game. It is quite good. If you never played Psycho, like, this is a good one to start with. So you agree with Dane that it's a good start point? Yeah, I mean, if you haven't played one or two, uh, it's not really going to affect you uh, in this one. It takes place in the same world as one and two, yeah. um, which I think a lot of people kind of confused why he called it the trilogy, because it just takes place in the same world where it's four or five. They, don't, ah, okay, they yeah. take place in a different... Yeah, so... Other than that, I, this is a good game. If, if you don't want to play the one and two because it was too old school, it was a PS One title. Um, this is a great one to start with because it's very strategic. It's, if you're not good at strategy games, you will die a lot. It is a very difficult game with a lot of things to think about before going into battle. Plus, you get 108 characters, so wow. good luck picking them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's with every like, game. There's uh, 108 stars in Destiny, and you don't have to recruit everybody. Some Characters you just do, so. All right, um, Ben, any opinion on this? Yeah, not really. I've never really played them, so yeah, can't really say anything. So we'll move on, and we'll move on to a review by someone who's here today. Gary, you reviewed God of War 3 Remastered. I did. You did. And you get 9 out of 10, and it says that... Uh, it's, God of War 3 is a title worth playing, as you can see by the review score, but it's just hard to recommend one game for $40 when you can spend $20 and get five, including God of War 3. Uh, you like the fact that it looks like a native PS4 game, still one of the best action titles of the last generation, great combat and puzzles. You didn't like the price point, the fact that you can't rotate the camera in photo mode, and not very inviting to newcomers. 
So, yeah, I'll start with you, Gary, on this one, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, you enjoyed it still. You still think it holds up well? Oh, it holds up beautifully. I mean, like I said, it's still, it was one of the best-looking titles of the last generation. And the touches they did, especially to the character models, like Kratos looks like he was made for the PS4. Um, not everybody got the same amount of detail uh, outside of the main character, like Kratos, Zeus, Hades. They all look great, but characters like Helios and Hephaestus, they still look kind of iffy and yeah. very muddy. But but yeah, um, to me personally, the touches they made, it looks like a PS4 game, like a launch title PS4 game. Wow. Um, I obviously wouldn't compare it to something like The Witcher 3 or Batman Arkham Knight, no. but it, it does look like a PS4 game in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it still holds up. Yeah, it runs smoother? It runs at 60 frames a second now. Nice. So even though like the game ran pretty well on the PS3 at 30 frames a second, I believe it was, um, I, I, I did notice that it, it is a lot smoother when you're being attacked by a bunch of guys now. Um, you know, the, like there's those parts where a whole bunch of dogs spawn or a bunch of soldiers spawn. Oh, um, yeah. It runs beautifully with, with all these characters. Like It's just no screen tearing, no jaggies, nothing. I didn't encounter a single graphical problem in that game at all. That's high point. And apparently it's done by a two-man team. I heard this week. Which is incredible. Oh. If it's a two-man team, more power to those two yeah. guys. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they deserve the $40 that are asking for it. I'm telling you, 16-man team who worked on Arkham Knight PC. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, uh, it, it is an inviting community because it's the final chapter in the whole grand story. Yeah, uh, You can say there's three games, you know, God of War 1, 2, and 3, and then the other ones are just prequels, but I consider it all part of the main story. So technically there are six games. Yeah, they all tell their own little bit towards the main story, let's be fair. Yeah, yeah and, you know, just jumping into the final chapter, um, like, they, they try to explain things that happened in the past but it's not in great detail so you know like when Kratos kills Athena you're like well why did he kill Athena you know yeah I mean you he, no. yeah you would kind of think it would be in the best interest sorry go on no I was just gonna say like why is there this war going on why is he pissed off at Zeus okay so his child and wife died but they never tell you in God of War 3 that he was the one who actually killed them because yeah. he was being manipulated they never tell you that so you're like oh did Zeus kill them I don't know so, so. you'd have some knowledge uh, so it, yeah. it does surprise me that they didn't sort of bundle the other two in as bonus content so, but then again yeah, exactly. it's more work like, I suppose so Especially when you release God of War Saga that has five titles in it and you can get it for twenty dollars, mm. asking for forty for just the one game is, in my opinion, a little too much. It feels thirty. When yeah, when it's a very straightforward game as well. Yeah, like it never had any DLC or anything too, so you're pretty much getting exactly what we got when I want. Bad games, big games that didn't release with DLC. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> it happened once, you know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> What a game was good enough that it didn't need deals. Yeah. Say right. <laughs> uh, lovey. Um, next game is uh, Deception for the Nightmare Princess review. Um, before I go any further, anyone know anything about this? Ben should know. He reviewed the third game. I thought it was an interesting game. 
Yeah. It's all about trapping people and hurting other people. Cool. Not a bad yeah. game, and I will buy it when it goes down in price. But, oh, yeah, I asked Jen very nicely. Yeah, we'll, we'll quickly run over this one to say that uh, Simon Sayers, here at 7 out of 10, saying, looking past its data graphics, if the players will find the game steeped in strategy and high on challenge, despite the repetition, there's no dispute in the chain to give a huge combo to torture and kill mere mortals. Be an extremely satisfying way of releasing your daily stresses. He likes the wide variety of entertaining tracks, very challenging and Moorish, added replay value with the Deception Studio, create your own quests and download others. Uh, trial and error gameplay can get frustrating, he said, and the bad points. Looks dated and timing has to be so perfect for fighting more than one enemy at a time. Yes, he gave it, as we said, 7 out of 10. We'll move on to the next review, though, as we've got. Some stuff still to do here. Heaps. Oh, ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. What have we got next? The full review again by Simon Sayers, and he gave this one. I hate the two pages thing. So do sometimes. Get to the second page. Uh, he gave this eight out of ten. He said the controls could be more intuitive. That's good to interacting with objects. But overall, the full's winning combination of great storyline, well penned script, and impressive game world makes it one of the best indie titles out there. He said, immersive storyline and great script, brilliant audio works and the voice actors, soundtrack is great too, and clever logical puzzles that fit in with the sci-fi theme were all good points. And on the bad side of things, control scheme and interacting with items could be more intuitive, getting stuck because you've missed spotting one vital item due to the need to search high and low with your flashlight is also a bad point. Uh, is this game on any of you guys' radar at all, Ben? Uh, no. Nope. No? Gary? Um, it wasn't. It probably will be now, though. Yeah? Yeah, I'm intrigued after hearing the view and seeing some of the bits of it. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm a very story guy, so if it has a great story, I'm all for it. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to a game, then, that doesn't have a great story, and, <laughs> in fact, doesn't have a lot going for it. You know? uh, Godzilla on PS4. And this was uh, reviewed by... Oh, me. Okay. Um, <laughs> to which I gave it the headline uh, King of Monsters Court Jester of Gameplay because it was atrocious in a lot of ways and I said what could have been a cheese filled celebration of the history of one of the most famous movie monsters around instead winds up as a tragic and premature victory uh, I give it 4 out of 10 people because it's just disappointing I, even before I asked to review it, I, I asked to review it. Um, I expected a 6 out of 10 game that was, you know, good fun, a bit flawed, but, you know, good fun spirit sort of thing. But no, it's just, it's a terrible waste of the license. Great fan service, and you know, lots of stuff that feels like authentic, authentic Godzilla stuff, the music's there, and the roars, and the the people looking, you know, the monsters looking like people in giant rubber costumes. Uh, but it's just, you have to steer Godzilla and any monster. Not only with the camera, there's two sticks to move and then with the camera, but L1 and R1 to see left and right. That's terrible. It is, it's just ridiculous. Uh, you can complete the main campaign in just over half an hour, really, and then after that it's just repeating that. In order to unlock more things, just very little to it. And 
probably wouldn't be so much of a problem if it wasn't a full price game, which is and that's terrible. Right. So if it's lying about at someone's house and you like Godzilla, play it for half an hour. You'll get all you need out of it, and that'll be fine. I'll say no more on it because it, it's the more depressing of the two games I reviewed this week in the sense of I like the character and the thing. Initially, it seemed to promise some good stuff. Yeah, uh, I was kind of hoping it would be something like Melee on the GameCube was. Yeah, so I mentioned the review. It's like, you know, that was one of the better examples of how to use Godzilla. It's yeah. a shame that they didn't sort of make that work. But, like classic games called War of the Monsters. Yeah, uh, yeah, and stuff like that, and Rampage, and I don't know, even stuff where you just smash up cities in general. It's just like mercenaries or all government destruction, as we said earlier. It's just things like that are fun, and it just isn't as fun as it should be. Because it looks like you just walked into a child's bedroom and started kicking their toys around rather than anything else. Oh, it is sad. Uh, any other points to make on that, guys? Uh, ben? Nope. Nope. Gary? Nope. Nope. That's it. We've said enough for Godzilla. Try that next time, people. Um, <laughs> and finally, yes, I've done another review this week. I managed to put out two in the same day, would you believe? Like uh, F1 2015 on PS4, which I said stalling in the pit lane. Because, again, another not be that great game. Uh, it's 5 out of 10 from me. The basics of F1 2015 are unquestionably solid, but the basics are pretty much all it has to offer. Now, the control and difficulty tinkering, as I said, is done very well. It's quite accessible, and it's going to be rubbish at racing games, it's going to be decent to tweak controls. And the other end of the spectrum, you can set it full on hardcore and crash out on the first lap of every race, if you really want. Uh, but it's just there's not much to it. It suffers the same problems games going on to new gen in sports, especially seem to suffer. Um, WK, WWE 2K15 uh, arrived on PS4 with less modes, I believe, than it did on PS3, as did NHL 15, FIFA 14. And it seems to be the case here, they've dumped a lot of the stuff out, and it's just several of the modes are pretty much the same mode but with slightly different parameters, like there's a hard mode that's classed as a whole separate uh, option on the menu. And it's like, but you, you could play the normal career mode with all those options. So it just, it, why is it there? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Um, you can't create your own character to go and uh, race like you could before. So you can't just go joining teams and making it better. I don't know, for me, as a sport, I used to like F1 when I was younger, but I, just, I think was it, I described it as in chat the other day. It's like it's like watching really expensive grass grow or paint dry. And it's just, <laughs> it's it's a boring sport after the first five minutes of most races, and it's, it's there, there's so many better races out there. And I just you know, even even at this early point in the PlayStation's life cycle, or PS4. And yeah, so horrible to have to have reviewed two pretty mediocre to bad games this week. But there you go. 
Uh, and like we said earlier, surprising that it then went and made number one. I'm sure there were a lot of disappointed people. That we, well, I can't see fans being happy with having a lot less stuff to do in it. But there you go. If that were the case, FIFA wouldn't sell anything every year, to be honest. Um, any more opinions on that, guys? Uh, nope, that is it. That's it? Ben? Uh, no. I no. just... No. No. Brum, brum's no good. Good. We're out <laughs> on that one. So, we move to that final section that we do love so much, to the old, what are you playing? Now, Ben, as a, you're probably putting your tuxedo on right now, and... Uh, just you should see old. how many people are here. Yeah, and spraying on the old Calvin Klein. Even Gary's here. Even Gary's I'm here. here. Oh. I'm, I'm streaming I'm, it live I'm on my channel. Stuck. I'm still stuck at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, see, this, this just sounds like real weddings. I'm just back chatting <laughs> nonsense for hours on end. Still drinking my beer, and it's like, oh, is it on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before you walk down the aisle, Ben. Yeah. Tell us, what have you been playing? Uh, this game to make sure I've been got enough money and get everything ready for this. <laughs> Has that been your only game this week again? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. So I just turn to Gary then. Yeah, um, I've kind of gotten back into Final Fantasy for a little bit just to attend this wedding. Um, obviously, Witcher 3 uh, got a platinum trophy in God of War 3. Um, I'm playing the Dragon Ball Z game on my phone, which I actually kind of enjoy. It's quite, quite fun. Um, but yeah, that's it actually. Wow, oh, a lot of people at that wedding. I've never seen. I've uh, watching the stream. <laughs> you, uh... yeah. Oh, we got five viewers! Wow. Oh. Yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> and then there's me, the third one. I got a first-person view of the wedding. I'm in first-person view right now. Yes, um, for anyone listening to this later in the week, it's like if you uh, go into the archives on Twitch, it'll be there. It's uh, your Final Fantasy XIV Chili's wedding. Quite the momentous <laughs> occasion. And, uh, I might get the tissues out in a minute. But... Yeah, you look dashing, man. You should totally wear that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I want this fat cat that this person has. How do I get this fat cat? It's, yeah. it's even called Fat Cat. <laughs> It'll come over to you, by the way, if you feed it. Oh my god, where do I get one? Uh, it's a very hard to get item. Son of a... <laughs> uh, sorry. Anyway, yes, I'll, I'll talk about what I've been playing. <laughs> well, the wedding's going on in the background. I have been playing those games I reviewed, and... Yeah, I started thinking, oh, after the greatness of having to review Rocket League and Batman and getting these duffers, where I get to play anything nice and new and cool again. And I did, because I'm currently playing The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which is just, oh, game atmosphere is just absolutely wonderful. And it looks so, so, so good. It's, I mean, it's one of those games you can think that starts as being a walking simulator in the sense that you don't do it, have any combat or anything, you're just looking for clues in this sort of foresty countryside stuff and in houses and it's just I don't know, it just sucks you in this weird twin pizza vibe to it. And again it's another one I'm reviewing, so I'll talk more about that next week. Other than that played as much as I did on PC. Sorry? I played that game on PC and that game is brilliant. Yeah. Isn't it made by um, the people who made Bulletstorm? 
I think so, yeah. Yeah, which is more surprising. It's not one of those where it's by someone who made something you love, like um, Don't Nod, who made Remember Me, made Life is Strange. And just like, I love both those games for different reasons, but I love both those games because they're just so diverse compared to each other. But, and again, it's like this, it's just, yeah, last night it just got totally sucked into it. It's a wonderful little game, I think. Um, other than that, still playing Minecraft with the sun. It's just it's getting really. I more and more each week I'm seeing what the big fuss has always been about Minecraft. And I said it. I can see why it's such an important point in sort of recent gaming history. It's just influenced so many games. You see it more and more the more you go into the game. So the fact that games like Fallout are actually taking on board certain aspects of it just you know, shows how much of an influence it's had. But yeah, that's, again, that's me for this week. As every week, it seems. I've, I've played most of the games we've reviewed. So I get to this section, there's not much left to tell. So I think we'll wrap up as the wedding is about to ha- happen. So, Ben, before you leave, or if you haven't left already, have you hey, left? And I'm Philly. Contact me at ben.shubithall.p2.com chili underscore UK on Twitter, chili on Nailgaff, chili everywhere. Uh, and Chile send you on Final Fantasy yeah I can't can't believe how many I can't believe how many people turned up I gave out invites but I didn't expect everyone to turn up yeah he's got quite a crowd going at the minute (laughs) I'm lagging so much from how many people turned up I can't look at my own stream to make sure everything's working okay it looks alright yeah (laughs) okay working for me just fine though okay good you're good and Gary how can people contact you uh, you can contact me on Twitter at Gagwaush, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H, or at my PSU email at Gary, that's G-A-R-R-I, at PSU.com, or Gagwaush at anything, literally. Pick a game, and if I pick it, that is my name. My game. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. I'm serious, go pick any MMO. If I play that MMO, that's my character's name. So. <laughs> Right, and for me, you can find me at Nezko, N-E-Z-Z-K-O, on Twitter. You can find me at neil.volt at psu.com on email. And on PSN, you can find me at Son of Venom, lowercase, all one word. That wraps up episode 83. Um, I'm going to go and get drunk at the bar and cry at Chili's wedding. It's like, it's going to be a beautiful ceremony. It's already looking like it's going to be quite the event. So until next week, where I assume Ben will be on honeymoon. No, no, I don't. Know. <laughs> 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 but we'll also have our comic book podcast this week, uh, which me and Gary will be on at least. And me. And Gary. Oh, and Ben. Ben, live, live from Hawaii or something. It'll be. Uh, yeah, expect a very spoilery <laughs> Batman Arkham Knight discussion. Yes. Yay! I mean, oh. anyway, I've got to go, guys. Okay, so it's good night from all of us, and thank God for Batman, Ben Shillabur Hall. Good night. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.